Today in Flex in the City, we talk to Kule Olifari, Chief Executive, SK Financial. All that happening right now in Flex in the City. Hello, everybody. This is Rachel Treese for Flex and the City. I'm absolutely honored to have Kunle Olafari, who's the Chief Executive Officer of SK Financial with me today, probably the most organized guest of Flex in the City that we've had so far. Pleasure to have you, Kunle. Welcome to Flex in the City. Rachel, thank you for having me. And that's a wonderful introduction. I hope I can just um, follow up in the same order. Yeah. So I'm going to start. So for the listeners out there, Kunle shared with us the most beautiful quote. It's an amazing quote. Some of you may have heard it. It's from Jack London. And um, some of you may have heard it from the last Bond movie. So I'm going to read it out, Kunle, because it is an emotional quote. I would rather be ashes than dust. I would rather that my spark should burn out in a brilliant blaze than it should be stifled by dry rot. I would rather be a superb meteor, every atom of me in a magnificent glow than a sleepy and permanent planet. The proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. Beautiful. Tell me why you chose that quote. Well, probably a... I was just thinking about when you asked me to give some thoughts about my own journey and what mm. I do. And I just think that time is such a precious commodity. Mm. And outside of health, you know, it's, you know, it's such a key thing to think about because we don't get time back. So how do you best want to use your time? And I'm someone who's messed up so many times. And I look back and I think, well, what did I learn from those experiences? So what I did learn is that actually I just always want to make sure that every day I give it my best and mm-hmm. I do things that make me happy for people that make me happy and make sure that I remember to do that every day. Fantastic. So, so tell me a bit about your own journey. You're, I mean, you are the CEO of SK Financial, but you know, where did you, 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 you start? Um, where did you grow up? Um, and tell me a little bit about your, your story. Yeah, sure. So where did I start? So I, in financial services, I joined the profession in 1995. I worked for a company called GAN. I was what was known then as a tired advisor. And basically, I didn't know what I was doing. I was trained. I got my financial planning qualifications there. But what I really got was the ability to actually then learn how to build up a client bank. And there were typically two ways you could go. You could go taken on orphan clients so these were clients of previous advisors and you'd actually then contact them to try to make meetings or referrals and um, I thought well look I'm not going to do this orphan client route I'm actually going to focus on selling service so I'd rather have had 10 clients who would recommend me on to other people than 100 clients who I basically weren't clients of mine it was tough though Rachel what was tough because Mm. It was self-employed. I was a self-employed financial advisor in Bournemouth. I didn't have much money at all. And I used to walk to meetings a lot of the time. And, but it's interesting, like that probably gave me the desire to do well um, because I was just committed to actually saying, I can do this. And then fortunately, I wanted to move back to London. And 
a recruitment consultant I'd been speaking to for different roles. He then said to me, look, there's an opportunity to join Climal Benson. And I went for the interview. And after the first interview, I wanted the job. So I fortunately got the job. That was in April 2000. And I thought I knew a lot. I went to Climal Benson. It really did um, define me as a person because I was around people who had so much more knowledge than me. And how you handle individuals as well who have obviously accumulated a lot of wealth by putting people at ease, having something else to say about yourself, because that's what be another reason why clients do or may connect with you. It really was great. And then, what was it, 2009, during the financial economic crisis, I had to make some decisions. Do I join a competitor or do I look to take a punt and go to a smaller firm, um, but actually believe in myself to run a business within a business. And when I joined SK Financial, our fee income was really low. It's probably because we were set up at the time on a commission-based model. So my, I presented to the two partners at the time, David Steppins and Neil Bauer, an opportunity to build up a fee business. And that's what I came to do. And that's what we're doing. Fantastic. And what is the biggest lesson during that whole period that you learned as a leader and as a human being? Firstly, honestly, have a plan. I used to, anytime I went to walk into meetings, so we had our office at the time in Shoreditch, I remember. So I'd walk into meetings into, let's just say, Bishopsgate of the bank. I'd always carry my business plan with me because I had a plan. And even when I met with existing contacts or new there was a purpose for what I was doing, not just that meeting, but the bigger plan itself. So that's the first thing for me, you know, to have a plan and to focus on the plan. Yeah, you clearly have a purpose. What really motivates you? What what are your values? What do you you stand for? Mm, Good question. So for me, I believe in the three H's and this is something that I've come up with. So being hungry, Mm -hmm. being honest Mm -hmm. and being humble. So I believe in each of those three. Um, I just always want to make sure that I can look some in the eye and tell them what I believe. Um, And when people are coming to me for advice or for assistance, I'd always want to do the right thing by them. I won't be carried away by my successes. Um, I'm around people who hopefully do tell me what I don't need to hear, but what I should be hearing. So it's a balance. But also within myself, my background, um, I like to keep my feet on the ground and I like to keep busy. So by keeping busy, that keeps me hungry. Fantastic. So what would you say are your traits that have given you the success you've had and made you into the leader that you you are? What what would those two top traits be? Yes, it's interesting, really. I mean, I always think first things first, you know, that. I had to take responsibility for a lot of my actions. So therefore, um, that, that's a key one for me as well. And, you know, I don't believe my own hype. So I probably look at both of those whereby <laughs> I focus, you know, I think it's quite, is it quite easy to get carried away with successes? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but keeping your feet on the ground um, again, for me, is really important. So if someone says I've done a good job, I say thank you. I then would typically ask them what made you say that, and they would then tell me that I know. Um, 
I enjoy that moment. And I do enjoy that moment. You know, if it's for a few seconds or even for a minute, I enjoy it. And then I put it away into my mental locker and go again. Fantastic. So on your journey, um, I'm sure there will have been leaders that you, you've worked for, that you've come across. Um, who, who's really uh, inspired you? Who, who have you loved working with and, and why? So Richard Thompson, who's the chairman of MNC Saatchi Merlin UK, and he's also the chairman of Surrey County Cricket Club. Ah, uh, wow. So, he, so why him? Um, a true champion of social mobility. He's a really proven businessman. Um, great time management skills, and he really has become a valued friend. Um, so he's um, one. Um, that it's just been a standout for me. Fantastic. What else is it about about him and how he leads that, that you, you love? He just knows how to handle people. He doesn't get carried away with any key issue. And if he does, he hides it so well. Uh-huh. He communicates very well to people. He's always available to people. Um, and I just like the way he holds himself and he's, you know, and he's around social mobility. I remember when we first met and we were talking about, you know, how important it is to, to coin one of my phrases, to help to get kids back on the bus because typically a number of um, individuals might feel that they cannot get opportunities to do well in life and he is a clear example based on his background and saying well it's not you know where you start it's having that will and that belief to keep on going so yeah he embodies a lot of those traits yeah I mean I want to acknowledge you Conley because you're definitely somebody who connects with people and leads with 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 heart um what would you say that you personally stand for as a leader Conley? Well, I stand for as a leader? Um, probably different answers to what you normally get on these podcasts. So for me, you know, I am simply a product of my mistakes and I stand up and talk about that a lot. Seriously, I am. That's what I am. So making mistakes, I believe, is important. Just try not to repeat them. So my mistakes have helped me, even with this beam and smile on my face, because I'm thinking about a lot of the mistakes that I've made. But I've lived through them and I've then, you know, carried on. So that's the first thing for me. Um, I'm myself I think it's very important everyone else is taken so I can only be myself and I always back myself brilliant brilliant and with people around you um, and people in your organization how do you how do you get the best out of them yeah so I always firstly would want to listen to Mm -hmm. what they want to tell me and really listen and ask better questions to really get a better understanding. And then I want to learn. Mm-hmm. So I want to learn, okay, right, so you've now told me some stuff that I maybe didn't know or didn't know. Can I learn from that? How can that benefit not just you, me, and the team and our clients? Then it's like, so right now, so how can I support you with what you've just shared with me? Um, so therefore, I'm putting the onus back on you. What do you need from me to make you do you better? And I will, because I will deliver on that, but you tell me what you need. And then I love it when I see people grow, whatever it is, whatever that growth is. Um, you know, if it's, for example, the way they handle a meeting in terms of, you know, running that meeting or the way they organise an event, I love seeing that growth from afar. And then one thing I would like them to always do, I remember Cilla Black used to say this in Blind Date, you know, come back and share, 
share your experiences with other people. So when something good has happened to you at work, share it with the team. If it's bad, share it with the team, but share, because we can all learn mm. experiences. So that's how I typically deal with that. Absolutely. So, so, so with, with young people who are entering the industry and we want to attract more people to, to the industry, yes. what would be your best wisdom, best advice to a young person? You know, they're just joining the industry. Um, what would you say to them, Kunle? Yeah, so some tips from me would be, firstly, cut out negative people. If people are consistently giving you negativity, it's not helpful to your mind, let alone body, so be aware of that. I have a phrase, how bad is bad? So when something happens that you don't like, take two steps back and say, how bad is it really? Mm. Mm. And try and evaluate it in your own mind. And I normally give them a score out of 10. Mm. So obviously if it's less than six, it's not good. Higher than six, okay. If it's eight or nine, 10, not really a problem then, is it? Um, if you don't like your world, try to change it. Um, just try. Just try and do something differently. And it's those incremental steps that you take that may help to find a better pathway um, to a better destination. Um, I believe it's really important to grow a good network of individuals. Um, people that know you, can spur you on, support you. So for me, it would be positive people, progressive people, and people as well who give you a reality check now and then. It's important. And my final tip would be the five Ps. Oh, love it. Love it. Five Ps. <laughs> Which will be be presentable. Right. Be punctual. Yeah. Be polite. Be prepared. And remember, you have permission to be yourself. I feel if you follow those five Ps, you know, you will do all right in life. Yeah, I think we definitely have to have that as a title of our podcast. I love it. Fantastic. Um, is, is financial services, Kunle, are, are they, we talked about young people who are working there, but are they doing enough to connect with new generations of investors? Um, Do you know what, Rachel? I think back to my time in joining the profession in what, October 1995. And what I'm seeing now and I like is more younger people getting involved in the profession so that's a plus um it's also good to see different individuals setting up their own financial planning firms or wealth management firms so that too is a plus um what i don't like is the way vulnerable and less financially educated people are being exploited mm. by scams i don't like that so i think we in our profession needs yeah. to do more to protect those that lose their monies to such scammers. You know, there's a saying that no one's ever met a con person that they did not like. You know, these individuals exist and it's big money to these individuals. But when people's life savings have been taken and no one can do anything about it, I don't feel good about that. So I feel there's more that we should be able to do because I think that will then begin to help give our profession a bit more credibility. And what can we what can we do to change that? You know, if you had a magic wand, what, what can we what can we do to 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 make these changes in the industry? Okay, so in the lands of if, if I had a magic wand, I would request that every registered um, individual with the FCA turns up in their local school, college, or university 
and teaches financial education. I feel that financial education should not just be on the national curriculum, it should be taught by financial professionals. And I feel that will hopefully help those that are in secondary school now have a better understanding of what financial services are about for two reasons. Firstly, when they start making decisions on their own finances as an individual, they'll know more. So hopefully they won't then need to succumb to bad selling techniques or whatever that is. And also if they choose to then get involved in that wonderful profession, they've got a better insight in terms of like how we operate. And I think as well, we need to lose the financial jargon. Um, we hired four years ago now, um, a new investment team. And one of the key reasons why we hired them was they communicated in a clear way that people would understand what they were talking about. Um, I think previously there's been this sense of entitlement, sense of a sense of elitism around what we do. You know, it's it's my clients' money, it's their dreams. They've just chosen me yeah. to help them. It's yeah. not my money. Yeah. <laughs> so, so even when people say, "Oh, how many assets under manager do you own?" Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's my clients' money. It's not mine. <laughs> so let's lose that jargon already. It's, it's misleading. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, love it. So, what, what, what do to, to, to do all these things? You know, to be getting these these leaders out there, um, supporting financial education. What are the skills that these leaders are going to need? What, what what do we need to be getting into the industry? What needs to shift? What's the big shift? I'd love it to be that more of us can just be authentic. You know, I am who I am. So, anyone who hears what I talk, how I talk, that's how I talk. Sees how I am, that's how I am. But that is me, and therefore having a better understanding um, of who one is. So that authentic nature, I think, is key. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a people business, and I probably would mention that phrase a lot. Um, so I think a humanistic approach is really important. You know, we're dealing with humans, not robots. We have feelings. We have memories. Mm-hmm. We have dreams. So make sure that actually we focus on those individuals and their needs there. And again, the how is again around financial education, more engagement in schools, colleges and universities. Fantastic. So, so tell me about SK Financial. How would you describe the culture of your own organisation? Um, fun. It was a fun place to work. Um, friendly bunch of individuals. Um, we're really focused on what we do. Um, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And... We're very fortunate because we look after a lot of clients who where the chemistry is right. So it is actually a relationship. And in many cases, a relationship that goes past 20 years already in terms of like how long we've been dealing with these families. So I enjoy coming to work. And more importantly as well, I enjoy learning from the people around me at work. Fantastic. So talking about learning from... Other other people you mentioned, uh, um, you know, the gentleman that you, you you'd worked you'd worked with, and and um, you know the kind of leader that he was. Are there any other um, leaders in in this planet that have really inspired you? Wow, um, yeah, there are actually. So, um, so I mentioned Richard Thompson, huge influence in my life. Nigel Branson. So he was someone that I met through a client and ex-colleague of mine and what Nigel showed me was there was a way to build a voluntary pathway and um, he actually encouraged me as well to become a magistrate 
And he's basically been an absolute solid paternal figure for me, which I'm very thankful for. And then there's another individual called John Irons. So John, he's the chief executive of Line Trust. And oh, John not... Irons, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My, yeah, my friend works for him. So John's oh, really? okay. uh, well, a legend. I, I like, well, okay. I've admired him from afar because of the work that he did with Line Trust, obviously when it went for a very um, fragile stage and then like how he and his team have helped to recover that company. I think he's a smart worker, he's visionary. Um, and I love his humour. So when I became a chief executive, I hadn't done the job before. I didn't know what I was doing. So I put my hand up and um, I asked him to mentor me. And he said, yes. So he's been great for me. Um, and then two other individuals would be like my foster mother. Mm-hmm. Um, she would just say, get on with it. Um, but with in such a warm way, it's like, yeah, actually just get on with it. And my foster dad, in a similar way, would just say um, to me as well that, you know, just be yourself. Yeah. You know, just be yourself. And it's interesting that, you know, through childhood, mm. some of the phrases that probably we may all remember from key individuals then, sometimes it's the simple phrases. So when I have wobbles at work, I'd often think back to what my what my foster mum or dad say. And they would it would be those words. And that helps. It's comforting. Definitely. So, so outside of the, the wild world of financial services, um, what is it you love doing, Kinley? Yes, yeah, so I really enjoy my voluntary work. Um, I enjoy helping kids get back on the bus. I think it's really important that, to understand that mm. a number of us may lose our ways in different times. And normally when you're at a younger stage, you just need to know there's other people out there that can help you. Um, I have a connected, well, I'm connected with the Haberdashers Livery Company, and we own a number of schools. Um, I've been a school governor in those schools, and I go into the schools and do talks on personal brand, life after school, personal finance. But the key thing I'm looking to do there as well is just to try to show a number of those kids, especially ones who are probably struggling, that to make this work. You just need to actually work out what it is that you want to do. And that doesn't always come like that. But over time, and talking to the right people, trusting the right people, you might grow out of your shell a lot more and actually your, your true personality comes out. So I get a lot out of that. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, is there anything else that you do outside of financial services? Yes. Yeah, so, Any- well, I mean, I love my music. I love watching films. Um, I love my sport, in particular football and cricket. Um, play football. Well, I've not played that much recently because I um, had an injury, tore my um, Achilles. So that's been painful. Um, even doing that, and that was back in April, and that was awful for me to hear that news. I realised, look, you know, it's, it's repairable. So I realised it was a mindset. So the three people I trusted were the words of my wife, my physio and the consultant. And thanks to those three individuals, I'm actually able to do a lot more than I was able to do last year. So um, I'm looking forward to getting back on the football field. I'm looking forward to watching lots of cricket and I'm looking forward to going away on some holidays, fingers crossed. Absolutely. Well, I don't think we've had a cricket fan on Flex in the City. So, so I'd love to ask you this question to conclude. Okay. What could financial services learn from the beautiful game of cricket? Hmm. Big question. 
So cricket itself at the moment, unfortunately, has some challenges mm. with regard to race, as well as just that sense of whereby um, individuals probably have not felt that we are all in this together. What I love, though, about cricket is that there's a way of being, there's a way of doing things. So when that phrase is often said, it's just not cricket. You know, when I think about those words, it's actually, there's a, that's not the way to do it. So I like that decency. Um, even for people who don't like cricket, when they typically watch a game of cricket, they probably realise that you're around people who just, it's just nice to be out people who are pretty like-minded and you're enjoying hopefully a good spectacle but also as well the company of other people who you might not have met before um i think as well with with cricket like with all sports you've got an opportunity to actually be part of a team um and i'm gonna waffle on a bit more now one of the one of the proudest moments i had as a londoner was um in 2012 because not only did Team GB win 29 gold medals, which was a fantastic achievement. And I think Andy Murray, for example, is on record to say that it was because of the team environment he feels that helped him, inspired him to win a gold medal. But it was how London was, and I imagine other parts of the country too. We were together, there was a purpose. So, mm -hmm. you know, you actually had people taking time out to make sure you knew where you were going or, you know, just to talk. Mm -hmm. And for that period, even the press for a change it was a positive feeling that was coming out from the newspapers and I felt proud. So I like to think that sport helps to bring together um, a nation and I feel that sometimes in life we just probably don't always have that common purpose. Fantastic. Kunli Olafari, the CEO of SK Financial, you are a superb metier with every atom of you, for sure, in Magnificent Glow. Thank you so much for joining us on Flex in the City. Rachel, thank you for having me. Take care of yourself. You just listened to Flex in the City. Catch us on our next episode.